So here's the thing. When you do a cycle that's so crazy that they do a documentary about you, it's probably and your and your 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 kidneys fall out as a result. It's probably a pretty crazy cycle. So with all that said, we aren't condoning anything we're talking about here, but we are <laughs> What's going on, guys? Thanks for tuning back into the next episode of Drugs and Stuff. Today, Dave and I are going to talk about crazy cycles, like uh, wild decisions we may have made in our pasts, uh, crazy cycles we've heard other people taking. And listen, this is just for entertainment's sake. Please don't go out and do this kind of thing. You can make a lot of progress with a lot less. Uh, that takes up maybe like the first 30 minutes of the show. I'll have timestamps below if you want to skip around. After that, we get to all your listener questions like we always do. If you guys want to take part in the next show, then comment below. Plus, comments, likes, all that stuff. It helps to boost our show in the algorithm. This week, how long does it actually take for a steroid to start working? And, and will that vary person to person? Then, how to prevent oil from leaking out of your injection site? We are asked about stacking Lantis with MK677. Then, increasing semen volume. Uh, listener said it was a present for his wife's birthday. Should you taper up on a one gram test cycle? Do you need supplements like vitamin D while you're on cycle or TRT? Plus a bunch more. If you're new here, let me encourage you to hit the subscribe button and hit the bell. We've got several bodybuilding podcasts that come out each week featuring IB pros, experienced coaches, and educators in our industry. And we're all here to help you do better at this sport that we love and, you know, help entertain you to get through your work there or whatever else. All right, guys, let's get to the show. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Drugs and Stuff with Dave Crossland. All of our programming is brought to you by TrueNutrition.com. You can use our code THINK for some additional savings on high-quality, third-party tested supplements. Reach out to me if you have any questions about their health stuff, their performance stuff, their protein flavors, everything else. We're also brought to you by supplementsource.ca. If you're in Canada, check them out. They have great blowout deals. I saw like $30 off Carbolin the other day. Uh, I saw a $15 pre-workout. Especially if you're strapped for cash, uh, it's a great place to go. Uh, free shipping over $99. And we are brought to you by Strom Sports Nutrition. If you're in the UK, definitely check Strom out. If you're watching this show, there's a 99.9% .9 chance that you're on cycle right now. And you're going to need some support, Max. You're going to need some Tutka. And you're going to need some NAC. So get on over to Strom. Tell them we sent you. Give them a hug. Give them a kiss for us. Dave Crossland, what's up? I've got eval news, actually. Oh, and we're brought to you by eval. Go to evalbloodanalysis.com, yeah. and you can get your lab work done by Dave if you're in the United Kingdom. What's up, Dave? And Ireland. We do Ireland now. Oh, yeah, that's well. right. You get over to Ireland. Well, I said United Kingdom. I mean, I guess, isn't that? Yeah, yeah it is part of it. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's not get into that conversation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's dangerous ground, that one. Um, so we're, we're at the Arnold's in three weeks on Thursday. Nice. And... Every customer who actually comes and gets something will get a three eval cupcake individually packaged. What? And we also have a slushy machine. No, you're kidding me. No. Does so that... we Arnold's is notoriously fucking expensive. I mean, it is ridiculous. Oh yeah. So we weren't going. We weren't going to do it. And after we did Fitax, the actual the staff turned around and said, "Can we do Arnold's? We want to do Arnold's." So we said, "All right, but look, we're not going to be running the big stand. It's it's twelve, fourteen grand for what we'd have to spend for stand space, and it's just we're never going to make a fraction of that back 
on customers. So let me just tell people too, real quick, because I I didn't do my job and tell people what we're going to do today. We are going to discuss the most mental cycle ever, the the craziest cycles that we've heard of, the the wildest cycles that we had ever done. Plus, we're going to do Q&A. With that said, please carry on. So we are at Arnold's, but it is a small stand. It's not going to be the big blood red drop. I have tried to negotiate to take that, but unfortunately, it's just out of our reach financially. Um, okay. I mean, that I thing's so cool. I just can't budget it. I just can't make it work. Yeah. Anyway, so we're, we're there. Thir- well, we've set up Thursday. We're there Friday, Saturday, Sunday as normal. Uh, we've got cupcakes for all customers. We've got a slushy machine. We've got full complement of staff. So we've got all eight staff down. Well, not all our staff, but we've got eight staff down. Um, and then we, uh, we're in talks about potentially doing some stuff with the guests. So we'll see. What do you mean with the guests? As in the superstars that are coming. Okay, that would be cool. That mm. would be sweet, man. But don't tell anyone it's secret. All right, I won't say anything. Neither will anybody else that is watching the no. show. Every, everybody's got a sworn to secrecy on this one. All right. No, cool. it's, it's, so I'm actually, I wasn't looking forward to it, but actually I actually am now. It looks like that sounds like fun, man. Ron and Dusty will be out there, so you might get a chance to meet them. That'd be cool. I well, wish I could make it out again. Tell them to call around, stand B123, and uh, they can have a slushy. <laughs> nice. I will. All right, so we've, like I said, we've got our listener questions as always. If you guys want to take part in the next podcast, comment below. If we don't get to your question, we try to get to all of them, but if we don't get to your question, please comment on the next episode. This program always comes out on Mondays. We record it the following day on Tuesday. So you've got about a 24-hour window to get your question in, all right? And uh, please don't say like, oh, I commented last week and go back and find that because I'm not going to do that. I'm only willing to do so much, all right? So if Scott doesn't answer your question, it's because Scott personally doesn't like you. (laughs) Hey, speaking of not liking people, where's Christmas cabbage? You're coming on. I know he's a twat, but are you coming on? Yes, I know you don't like him. I know he got you arrested, but are you coming on? I had nothing to okay, do with that. He says he'll come on. There he is, Christmas cabbage, ladies and gentlemen. All right, and uh, there we go. <laughs> All right, so our big topic of the day, and I love the way you phrased it, Dave, most Mental cycle. That's not a phrase we really use here, mental. I mean, we know what it means, but it's not a real, that's a very UK way of saying it. The most mental cycle, the craziest cycle. Uh, and, and I think they probably did a documentary about you. So here's the thing. When you do a cycle that's so crazy that they do a documentary about you, it's probably, and, your, and your, 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 your kidneys fall out as a result, it's probably a pretty crazy cycle. So with all that said, we aren't condoning anything we're talking about here, but we are we are going to talk about some mental stuff today. Um, I have two. Okay. Uh, surprisingly, one is my first cycle. Oh. Um, and it wasn't. No, it was just I didn't know anything, a clue. I got fucking Scooby Doo. So my first cycle was literally four years long. Oh, that's right. That's a long... Did you plan on it? Did you go into this like, hey, I'm going to hit this stuff and not come off? Or were you like, I, I I'm going to do 10 weeks? I didn't know. Okay. I didn't know. I, I, I literally didn't know. I, I, I got 
bad advice. Yeah. Not intent, not intentionally bad advice. And none of the advice I was ever given was ever intentional. It was always given with the best of intentions. But yeah. Um, I mean, very much like the attitude now is, you know, a lot of people promote, look, if you're going to start, go on, you might as well stay on. Yeah. The difference with that was, one, it was 30 years ago. Um, and two, it wasn't just stay on gear. It was stay on, on. So I ran two injectables for four years. Um, I changed the injectable every six weeks and periodically I'd throw in some orals and I would run 5,000 IU of HCG every fifth week. Yeah. And and that's what I did. And it, looking back, I mean, it was fucking mental. I was sitting about a gram. It, they ranged between 800 and 1.2 gram consistently for four years. Um and, and my ethos around the drug choices was quite literally this conversation of what have you got that's any good? Well, I've got this. It seems really good. Right, I'll try that then. Yeah. I had no idea what I was taking. I had no idea really what I was doing. I just used to take shit, um, which, I mean, there'll be plenty of people out there gone through the same sort of thing, maybe not for four years, but had that sort of real just no knowledge whatsoever. I mean, my, my drug knowledge for the first period of my cycling was disgustingly bad um i didn't know about pct i didn't know about shutdown i didn't know about trt i knew nothing and there's a lot of people today that do go in with more education but i still run into people all the time they still just don't know they just they just oh. don't have that education and guys in a large part that is in you joke around a lot but in large part that is what we are trying to do here is to help educate the people that that maybe went into things the way you did, you know? Yeah, it, it's... I mean, I, I, I actually tolerate it from a point of view of, of side effects and that side of thing incredibly well. Yeah. I, tra I trained hard. I did do cardio. I was very active. I did train really, really hard. And at the end of the four years, I was sitting at poundage wise 320-330 in reasonable condition i was strong i was fast i could move i could run yeah because i was doing jogging for my cardio um and then uh, i stopped i told my pec off and i stopped uh, no pct nothing and that must have been spent, nasty to recover from oh i spent at least 12, 15 years with, with very low testosterone and not understanding why, not understanding why I was fat, why yeah. I was so down, why I was so miserable, why I was tired all the time. Cause I just didn't know anything about any of this shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I came back and then did another stupid cycle. Okay. So at my height of abuse, I was three grams of test. 1.5 gram of trend. It's a lot of trend. Trend what? Trend E or trend Ace? Trend E. Okay. Uh, 27 IU of pharma growth a day. I remember that. And around 120 IU of fast acting slim around the workout window. Hmm. What did your wife think about all that? Because I know that that at that point you guys were married. She, we had two rules first one was i didn't hide anything which i didn't 
Yeah, how can you hide a literal grocery bag full of steroids that you're pumping into your body every every week? <laughs> uh, and um, if she said it stopped, it stopped. Um, and the strange thing was, she. We woke up one morning, um, and I I that night I was sat in the toilet at about two three o'clock in the morning doing a growth hormone shot. Um, okay. And I just sat there and I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Huh. And, and I decided there and then it was, it was done. It was done. Um, and I woke up that morning uh, and she turned around and she went, I want you to stop. And I said, huh. I already have done. And then literally days later, I was diagnosed with the kidney failure. Fuck. Um, and, you know, it, it the thing was the first cycle I went over four gram. So when I came back to anabolics, I did two, three cycles, your usual eight to 12 weekers all around a gram, nothing major. And I, I took me up to some pretty big numbers. I mean, I was 370. I was squatting five plates for 15, 20 reps. And I was looking at going into strongman, hmm. but I've got pissy short fingers, very fat palms, crap grip. Um, I've got no pulling strength. Uh, I'm off the floor. I am fucking useless. Really? Okay. Um, I, I could, I had shoulder power. I, I had row power. I could pull like a rope and things like that, but I can't dead. I, even to this day, I'm shit at deadlifting. Even at my strongest, I was shit at deadlifting. Hmm. Um, I just never got on with it. I've got very long torso, short arms, short legs. Hmm. So, as long as I'm in a good position, I can squat really, really strong. Like leg press, I excel at. Um, I'm, I'm an okay bencher. I'm a good overhead. But that for a pull mechanism, because I was so long, it ended up being, you know, a lot of back work. And I just was just literally wasn't strong enough for it. Yeah. Um, so I, I pulled out and decided I was going to compete. So, again, I dieted. I got lean. I wasn't shredded, but I was in good nick. And, again, I hadn't gone over a gram. And then when I decided to push it, I went a gram to three to four and a half in one cycle, which was seven months long. I came out of the back of that cycle a little bit burnt out. Last three, four weeks were a bit rough. And I ran three gram of test and I ran a gram and a half a decker. But other than that, I felt really good. I was still healthy. I could still move. And then I damaged my back. And then that started causing problems. And then everything just became a catalog disasters after that. Mm. Uh, but up at that point, and, and I swear to this day that the biggest single thing that helped me tolerate that cycle at that point was how fit and healthy I was going into it. Yeah. And and the reason the second cycle was such a disaster was because I wasn't fit and healthy going into that. That is such a huge, huge factor that I don't think we pay attention to. We think about how great we just did on this current cycle, and we're like, okay, I'm going to rush my time off so I can get back into the next one and just do just as well. And it, a lot of times, it yeah, a lot of times it doesn't work that way. And man, I'll tell you, just in general, I've got a bunch of guys right now that I work with who competed last season. And they said, all right, I want to take 2022 off and come back for 2023. That first off-season push, we make incredible progress. But I And I warned all of them going in that it can get trickier after that first push. You know, Then we take a break, check on health, make sure everything's good, and then we go to push again. And just because you gained 25 pounds that first time, that next you know, 10 is going to be twice as hard. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I, I honestly think that 
you should always back a, a push up with almost a recomp, almost yeah. a, a short, low dose cycle, focus on fitness and health and composition, and don't really push the size too much. Um, and then go back into another push hard. Yeah. Um, and I think you'll progress much better than trying to do push after push after push. Agreed. Um, and I think that the biggest single factor that, that helped me tolerate that first high-dose cycle was literally the fact that I had done shitloads of cardio, I was relatively lean, and I was fit. And even though I dropped the cardio within the push, because I trained at a fast pace and I trained hard and heavy and fast with short breaks, that helped massively. Uh, but when you start getting at those sort of body weights, the physical ability to move fast just naturally starts to reduce and, and it starts to be a downward spiral. For sure. Um, now, regards to the craziest one I've heard of. Yeah. Uh, well, I, <laughs> Sean Davis, bless his cotton socks. Sean Dinosaur Davis. I like Sean. Got a lot of time for the guy. Very open and honest book. He once showed me his pre-comp cycle. And it wasn't astronomically high doses. I mean, it wasn't like it was 10 grams of gear or anything stupid like that. <laughs> but okay. fuck me, there, there must have been 30, 40 elements to this cycle. Shit that I've never to this day even heard of. Um, it was like a fucking shopping list. And just I, I don't compound after compound after compound. I don't know who he is. I want to try to look him up and see if I can find a picture while you talk about him. Is it spelled Sean, S-H-A-W-N? A-U-N, Sean Davis, Sean Dinosaur Davis. Just search Sean Dinosaur Davis. All right, you keep you keep telling us about him while I find that. Sean, Sean's, man, Sean's still around now. Um, he had a kidney transplant. He was on dialysis for a very long time. Uh, he was a wader athlete, uh, pro, British pro, sort of around the same time as Ian Harrison and them guys. Um, and he... He got a kidney infection, actually, um, and he tried to cancel his pro show. And these were in the days where weeder contracts were vicious. They were proper nasty. And basically, they turned around to him and said that if he didn't compete, he would be fined and fined very, very heavily. Uh, and it would have bankrupt him. He quite literally could not afford uh, not to compete. So he went ahead with the show, and as a result, his kidneys were fucked. No kidding. This is him in this picture here? Yeah. Yeah, sure. He screwed his kidneys up. Man, that's an incredible physique he had, too. He, he was bonkers. But he, he was of that era, you know. Um, Bertel Fox, all those sort of guys, oh. all that same sort of time. Well, Bertel's out of prison as well, isn't it? I heard that, man. I heard that. And yeah. I, I heard somebody speaking up for him. Saying that uh, he he never did anything wrong, that it was all politics. I don't know. I, I do know that was one incredibly strong man. Yeah, yeah, genetic freak. Incredibly strong. Yeah, very. So when you said he was like taking stuff you never even heard of, like what what do you mean? I've like I've heard of weird stuff like rhesus Reese monkey hormone stuff like that. I, I honestly do. I can't remember the names of shit, but there was stuff on there I hadn't got a clue what it fucking was. Okay. I just it was just, just long, complex medical words. I didn't have a clue. Yeah. But like most most pre-comp cycles, you'll have your anabolics, you might have an oral, you'll have your fat burners. But there was this whole host of other fucking chemicals that I knew nothing about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and like I say, it, there would have been 20, 30 compounds in this list. 
No kidding. Huh. I mean, like, with, you know, guys now will take Ramapril, they'll take Telus Martin, they'll take Metaformin. Yeah. But this was, you know, this was way above all that. Um, I mean, this was sort of Paul Morrison territory stuff. You know, hmm. there was there was just fucking weird and wonderful shit. I mean, he was a, <laughs> he, he was another fucking nutter. Yeah. I got a lot of respect for Paul. Incredibly clever man. Absolute fucking genius, but borderline lunatic. Um, and unfortunately, you know, Paul had some substance misuse problems that meant his last days were not, uh, I don't feel, were a true reflection of him as a person. Yeah. Uh, but he used to, I mean, I know he, a lot of people that work with Paul, and, and he would come in in the morning looking average, disappear up into his office and come down. 45 minutes later looking three times the size and fucking superhuman. It was like, the fuck have you done up there? Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> uh, he was, he was definitely a master of chemical manipulation was Paul. Um, way ahead of his time, way ahead of his time. I mean, he was, he was talking about insulin before anybody even knew what the fucking shit was. No kidding. Uh, you know, he, I mean, we, you know, 30, 40 years ago, was talking about insulin protocols. He invented uh, T5. The the term T five. Yeah, yeah, because he well he came up with the blend caffeine, aspirin, and uh, ephedrine. Did he really? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Okay, <clears throat> uh, that's my understanding. I mean, I, if I'm wrong, yeah. I've been informed incorrectly. But my understanding is he was the guy that came up with caffeine, aspirin, and ephedrine as a, as a blend for a fat loss agent. And when he was looking for a name for it, he piss takenly called it T five. Because okay, yeah. yeah. Because of T3 and T4, so he called it T5. I'd be curious. I feel like there's a lot of overlap between him and Dan Duchesne. And and it's so hard to say, like, who really came up with something. You know what I mean? Because it's like, it's it's kind of like like who made blue meth, you know, on that Breaking Bad show. It's like, it, you know, like, these are all yeah. underground things. It's not like it was a patented, you know. The, the, strange, the strange thing about Paul was Paul spent a hell of a lot of time in the States. Okay, yeah. So, Paul started Chemical Nutrition. Chemical Warfare, uh, it's called, right? Chemical Warfare. Well, actually, Paul was behind the original formulations for CMP. CMP. Chemical Nutrition, which CMP is a massive brand in the UK. Okay. Um, so, um, and then Dorian was with CMP for a while. Hmm. Um, and then he left. Um, he started Chemical warfare and then i'm not sure what happened with chemical i think it went to bits and he also had a hand in the formulation of biohazard as well well we're getting off topic uh, with all this this yeah, has nothing sorry, to do this has nothing to do with uh, the the most what was the word mental cycle ever i don't think that any of my cycles ever matched yours i, I did do some reckless things at times i think that the times that i was probably most reckless were in contest preps in that last month or so where we really began to think to ourselves like, okay, I'm going to do whatever it takes. And there was a time that I had a, uh, basically a sponsorship by a very large gear company. And I was able to take whatever I wanted, like just whatever I needed, just send it out, you know? So I had like an endless supply of anything I could possibly want to use it was a time that I did boost my trend up to 100 milligrams of trend ACE every day. Lasted about probably about a month. Um, there was a time that I, that I so every contest prep I used Halotestin in the last portion. You know, started out with it like the last couple of weeks, and I tried last three weeks. Then I tried taking it to higher doses. The highest I ever used it, which it's not crazy talk, was 
uh, 30 milligrams the first week, then 40 milligrams for three weeks after that. I've heard of people taking doses that are much higher than that. That said, that was too much. Like I could tell the toxicity of it, 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 it and it was unnecessary. You know, I really do think it was unnecessary. The last, I can say the last 10 days, if you're to take 20 milligrams, that is more than plenty. You could probably even do 10. And if everything else is lined up, you're doing well. And keep in mind too, it wasn't like I was only using Halo. I was also using Winstrel. I was also using Mast. I was also using Trend and Test, you know, and Fat Burner. So it's like it was all part of a, a big conglomeration. Were you an angry man? Uh, the first time I ever used Halo, and I've told this story, it was, I was, it was too, it was, I, it was the one thing that, and, and to an extent, trend the first time I ran it, it really got under my skin and I just felt irritated, like uncomfortable. And with that, I was much shorter. It was a lot, it took a lot more psychic energy to like, just be calm about shit. You know what I'm saying? I... The only drug that's ever done that to me, I've, I've, temper-wise, mood-wise, I've always been very stable on all anabolics. I've mentioned this before. I've never been able to find it since. I believe it's the derivative of um, anadrol. It was a product called Sinastro. That fucking shit, Jesus Christ. I, I could feel myself bubbling constantly. And it, it was almost like I was just emanating anger. Yeah, <laughs> people. I didn't have to say anything, and people around me were like, "Fuck, I'm moving away from that mad gun in the corner." Yeah, <laughs> it was just ugh. constantly. I was just, "What fuck me?" I just wanted to kill everybody and everybody, anything and everything. Just pissed me off. But fuck, was I strong on that shit? Yeah, I I can't remember. We did when we <laughs> talked about that. Somebody knew what it was. Somebody commented and said, "Oh, that's super draw or something." I can't. I can't remember what the answer was, but yeah. And then the other well, thing, if, I th- go ahead. If it was Superdrol, I've taken Superdrol since. I've taken Superdrol up to as, as high as 100 milligrams and got very little problems with it. Yeah. Um, this stuff, uh, I mean, I had a I had a headache 24-7. Ugh. Blood pressure uh, was probably was, awesome. Oh, blood pressure was fucking through the roof. It was, I mean, I was young. I was stupid. I didn't give a shit. You know? Sure, sure. I mean, these are the times when... You know, I'd, I'd I had severe tendonitis in my, my my bicep tendons, and I'd I'd the weird thing was when I did a set, they didn't hurt, but as soon as I finished the set, they were agony. Yeah. So I'd literally sit in the corner crying to myself, the pain was that great. Then do my set, and then go back and sit in the corner and cry for a minute, then get back up and do my set. The good old and days just, when we used yeah, to just, just push through stuff. Push, push <laughs> through it, boy. <laughs> Other stuff I probably did that that I wouldn't do again that I'd consider reckless was. Just really wanting, and I mentioned this one before, was EQ. I, uh, I I ran it at 400 milligrams, felt like it was a waste of my time. And then I went back and a, a few years later, I was like, okay, I'm going to give this a try again. But this time I'm going to run it at 800 milligrams, which was basically, you know, a, a shot every day. I went to, um, what did I do? I went to, uh, actually every other day, I went to a shot every day to kickstart it. 200 milligrams. Uh, was it two, four? I ended up, I, I can't remember the math, but I did like two grams uh, of EQ for the first week to get that kick started, which it worked. You know, it, it got loaded in me fast. I, uh, yeah, fucking two gram of anything's going to fucking work. <laughs> but here's the thing that I find so fascinating, man, is looking back at that now, I can do so damn much with a lot less. 
You know, I, I really felt like I was slamming things with a hammer when all I needed was just like, you know, with a sledgehammer when I could have used like a ball peen instead. Yeah, know? but I think the there is, there is as as we get more experience, not only in drugs, but also in training and diet, we know what works. We become so yeah. much more efficient. We need less. It, it's a bit like, you know, you go on that racetrack for the first time and you're fucking hammering the living shit out of it. And actually, to go faster, you almost need to drive slower because hmm. <laughs> you need to you need to be smoother. You need yeah. to be you know more sequential and, and a lot smoother with everything. And as a result, your lap times come down. Yeah. So you're you're less aggressive with the right pedal, and as a result, your 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 speed around the track improves. And it's a bit like anabolics. You know, the more experience you get, the better you get at training. The better you learn how your body works. The, the less chemicals you need to elicit a response. I mean, there isn't a body part on me now that I can't feel within two reps. You know, straight away I can get a connection. I know where it is. I know what I'm doing with it yeah. in any exercise. Um, so if I did ever, I mean, I won't because of the health and kidneys and everything else, but if I if I did ever want to go back on, I, I very much doubt I would go over five 600 and I'd probably get fucking good results. You probably would, yeah. And I, I'm grateful too because with that insight – I've been able to help people that are newer than me who are, I'm so grateful that they're willing to listen. Like every bone in their body is telling them to take more. You know what I mean? And every bone is telling them like, don't take any time off or keep pushing or run that cycle for an extra month. I'm so grateful that they're willing to listen and we're, we, you know, we can get good results, probably staying safer in the process, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest challenge that you have with most clients these days is getting them to understand that actually if they spend that bit much time getting the training right yeah, and getting the processes right, they don't need the level of drugs that we took. And, and very much well, you took high dose of the drugs. Yeah, I did, but I, I'm not convinced it was necessary. Yeah. I, I So when I came up in... in Looking at the people that I was around that were competing, it was really common to use over a gram a test. I don't know if it still is for a lot of competitors. My competitors, they aren't really pushing it like like we used to. But I'd say 15 years ago, a standard contest cycle for anybody would probably be one gram a test, maybe 1.25 for somebody that's a little bit more advanced. Um, and then a, a decent dose of trend and a decent dose of Masteron possibly some in oral at the end, you know, people, people didn't mess around, you know, back then. I feel like people are using a lot less nowadays. Like back then, man, everybody was running at least 750, like gym rats, a gym rat cycle would be like 750 test 600 DECA. And I, and I, I feel like now people aren't doing that quite as much, or at least they're not saying they are. I've seen in the pros, definitely a drop in dosages. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I remember when a lot of pro cycles were, four five gram and now there's not many going over two two and a half yeah um and that's olympia standard as well guys are still you know running relatively light cycle the rest of the world is convinced that they're on huge cycles, of course but, of course <clears throat> and I, I know some historically that have used ridiculously low cycles insultingly low cycles when you look at the quality of the physiques they had it's like how the fuck can you look like that on that um but yeah there's there's um there's definitely been a move within within a lot of the, the pros to to uh, and 
the pros we work with, I've found, are, are very conscious of the health aspect now, and they're very much, is the risk worth the reward for them? You know, am I yeah. going to push it that hard for that? Is it worth it for me? Um, and a lot of say no. Uh, a lot of say no. If I can't win on this, then so be it. Yeah. Hey guys, I'm going to take a brief pause to shout out our advertisers. I'm going to try to make this quick, but keep in mind, they're responsible for helping us to put these shows out. If you guys want to support our programming, of course you can do so through Patreon. And thank you to everybody who supports the show through Patreon. I will have links to that below, as well as to all of our advertisers. If you shop with our advertisers, you'll get great products, products that I stand behind, and you'll also be supporting our programming. First of all, check out truenutrition.com if you're in the U.S. I use their hydrolyzed beef collagen every day, and I use their citrulline malate, beta alanine, and EAA on days that I train. They have high-quality protein powders and tons of flavors. Hit me up if you have any questions. Use our code THINK over there. You'll get some additional savings, plus you'll support our programming, and you'll get some high-quality third-party tested supplements. If you're in Canada, check out supplementsource.ca. They have blowout deals on top name brand supplements. Uh, they constantly have different things happening. So be sure to go to their site and check them out. I recently saw Carbolin for like 30 bucks off. I mean, you really can't beat those prices. Plus they have free shipping over $99. If you're in the UK, then you probably already know about Strom Sports. They're one of the leader in health supplements in the United Kingdom. Strom Sports Nutrition has standalone supplements like NAC and Tutka, and they have finished blends like Support Max, a high quality, well-priced on-cycle support stat. I have links below to everything. Thanks for watching. Thanks for your support. All right. Well, listen, let's jump into our listener questions. And as I said at the beginning, guys, if you want to take part in the next show, comment below. We'd be happy to take your questions then. Um, and of course, I've got timestamps. So if you guys want to skip around through everything, feel free. Um, let's see here. How about this one? We'll just jump straight from the top. From Tor, he says, uh, hello, question for the next show. Uh, do people see or notice the effect on compounds at different times in their cycle, depending on the person? I'm aware that the drugs start working as you inject them, but I do not see fullness or notice strength from orals by weeks, week three, four, uh, test C, and test E weeks five and six and DECA or EQ by weeks 10 to 12. Am I a slow or low responder? I hear people say that they can notice test E the day after they are in their training. Um, right. Two, two, one thing I want to tackle straight away is this low responder thing. If you are a low responder to anabolics, you will have a micro penis. You will never have developed proper male genitalia. Because if you're a low responder to anabolics, you're a low fucking responder to your natural test. So the f someone being a low responder to anabolics is unlikely. You, you do Having hear people... People who say like, "Hey, my uh, my libido is really high, but I don't notice anything else." And it's like, well, having, it, yeah. Having said that, yeah, there are obviously genetic factors. Um, some people naturally are predisposed to gain muscle tissue better than others. Some people are naturally predisposed to tolerate side effects of anabolics better than others, and there will be a range of response to anabolics. But I personally find that in most cases, people who do not respond well to anabolics, it's one of two things. Three things, actually. Shit cycle design, shit gear, or shit training. Yeah, I would agree. 
Um, I have never yet met anyone who uses anabolics who doesn't respond proportionally to their dosing if everything else is on point. The problem very often is that one, we don't like to look at our training in an analytical way. And very rare will you find someone that will turn around and go, yeah, you know what? No, I don't really push it in the gym. Absolutely. It's hard Everyone to says they train that. hard. Yeah. And, and it's not until you train with someone who trains harder or more intensely or more effectively that you then realize how much you were missing. Um, so quite often, you know, it can be, and there's a big difference between training hard and effectively and burning a shitload of calories and sweating your bollocks off in the gym. Um, a lot of people will exercise hard, but are very ineffective at stimulating muscle growth. Mm -hmm. And th th there is a big difference between that. Uh, and so, however, having said that, I do not understand pharmacologically or, or biologically how someone would not feel the effects of something like DECA till week 10 or 12. I just don't think that chemically that is happening. So there's something else going on there if you you don't feel you're getting anything from it. Yeah. When people say they feel something straight away, more common than not, it's psychological. Now, saying that, I mean, I had someone message me this morning. They are on 60 milligrams of test in a shop and they took 20 milligrams of DECA, and they claim within an hour of taking, so I think it might be an MPP, actually. They claim within an hour of taking MPP, they had massive depression, massive low energy levels, this, that, and the other, but the next, which lasted 10 hours, but the next day when they trained, they had a very significant strength increase. Now, pharmacologically, that's virtually impossible. But something happened. Yeah. Whether that's psychologically induced, because he has read up about things like Decadic and the impact of these drugs. Right. And whether he's, he's pre-programmed himself to that. Because there's no denying something happened. You know, this guy's experienced these changes. Something's happened. But when you don't see peak levels of MPP till hour 12, why would he have all these symptoms that actually dissipate by hour 12? Yeah. Scott Stevenson had talked uh, in the past about this fantastic study that was done with Deanabol in athletes. And they spent a lot of time educating people and telling them about all the benefits that they were going to get from taking Deanabol, everything that was going to do for them, all the positive stuff. And then they gave some Deanabol to them, well, to half of them. And to the other half of them, they gave them a sugar pill. And guess what? Yeah. They all increased performance. They all got yeah. stronger, every single one of them. And they all and, reported and, having great workouts, too. I mean, the other thing he reported was what he coined decadent. And I'm, I hate that terminology because I don't think it fucking exists. What exists is poor management of your drugs. But as a, within 12 hours, and it wasn't sustained. And that's another thing that doesn't make sense. So if some definitely went on, and it was very, very odd, whatever it was. Is it possible he's had a unique pharmacological response? Yes, he, ha he has a history of you know, depression and, and quite high levels of anxiety and things like that. So 
yeah, it's possible, but it's also possible that he's he's preloaded these ideas in his head. Absolutely. By by doing his research. Absolutely. Now, can it's- you can you feel a steroid from the moment you take it, the day you take it? I'm going to say absolutely that there there is going to be something to that. I'll I'll use myself as an example that I had gotten really consistent with my TRT and I even boosted it up a little bit, probably probably on the outside of the high range, like just outside of normal, probably based off of what I know of my normal TRT dose. And I was feeling pretty good off that. And I rode that for about a month and then I forgot to take a shot and I forgot to take another shot. And I was like, you know what? I've been doing so good. I've been feeling so good. I'm going to leave it. And uh, then I started feeling like shit. And honestly, for about a week, I was feeling pretty low. Well, taking my test shot by the next day, I was already like, oh, yeah, I feel much better. And it wasn't a thing where I was like, am I feeling better because I took the test? It was more like, oh, I'm having a really good day today. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling confident. I'm feeling motivated. You know, I feel myself. And I was like, oh, yeah. And I took my test. I do think that there is like something you will get especially when you're more sensitive to it. When you when you first when you've never taken test and then you take a shot, you don't know what to expect and it can take longer to kind of recognize. I think the 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 things that you get from it need to hit you in the face to really recognize it versus somebody who's more used to it and knows what to look for, they can see it faster. If if you the more connected you are with how your body works, the more in tune we are with how you feel uh, and then you're going to be more sensitive to the effects of the drugs because you're going to sense changes more readily. Right. But at, but at the same time, it's also, and I have this all the time, oh, I've taken gear and this has happened. It must be the gear. Yeah. Well, yeah, it could be. Or it could be that you're ill. Or it could be that you're having a shit day. Or it could be that you've eaten some dodgy food. Just because you've got an upset stomach doesn't necessarily mean it's a gear. Just because you feel unwell doesn't necessarily mean it's a gear. It's a potential cause but so is every other fucking thing in the world that can give you feeling like shit. Yeah. You know, you can just be unwell. And the fact that you do get an immune suspension when you start taking gear, maybe that you were holding off something that now you're no longer able to do it because you've had an immune suppression from the gear you're taking. Hmm. I'm glad you mentioned taking shocks. I haven't taken mine, so I've just got it out, so I don't forget. Good, good. <laughs> this is interesting. Andrew Nolan. By the way, guys, Andrew has a, a YouTube channel of his own, so feel free to go check him out. He does, a, I think it's called like Fit Fit Dad Lifestyle, something like that. He says, um, there is a prescribed placebo, excuse me, uh, now I can't speak, placebo pill called Obeclap, spelled placebo spelled backwards given to persons that convince themselves that they have something even though tests show negative that's great and and you know you know what i i actually think that that is useful i don't think we give enough credence to how powerful our minds are oh yeah in how we feel and if you can give somebody um a completely harmless pill that makes them feel better, then I don't see an issue with that. A lot of people say, oh, that's conning people and that's tricky. Well, does it fucking matter as long as it gets the result they want? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's see what else we have here. Um, James says, uh, you two guys put things into layman's terms we can all understand. You keep it simple and informative, but we all know the true genius behind the scenes is Christmas Cabbage. Great show, guys. 
It's you know what? It's going to be Christmas Cabbage's birthday soon. I thought he was born on Christmas. Yeah, but it's getting there. It's not that far away now. Oh God, Dave, don't say that. Summer's not over yet. Austin, and we have some stuff in the live feed. We'll get to you guys. Austin says, question for the next show. How do I, oh, this is a good one. How do I prevent oil from leaking back out after an injection? Thanks for the podcast. It keeps me going when driving from town to town at work. Well, shout out to you, Austin, and I hope you're having a good day driving, brother. Um, Vary the depth of the injection, different injection site. Chances are that's scar tissue. Let me ask you this, Dave. How much of that oil are you really losing? Because I've seen it happen. You put the shot in. You're like, thank God this is over. Now I'm going to get jacked to go to the gym and train. You pull that syringe out, and then you see some oil leak out. Is it really like a lot? Look, when you're injecting gear, yes, it is. It's it's everything. You've lost all your gains. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what uh, I, I was afraid of that. I, you're gonna have to do another shot if that happens. That's the only way to fix it. Th- yeah, definitely, <laughs> without doubt. But that—that's where you go with your head, isn't it? At the yeah. end of the day, yeah. Um, I generally eat stuff like back pressure from from either you're pushing in too fast, or too hard, you're not deep enough, or you've got scar tissue there, which is not allowing the oil to dissipate into the tissue. So I'd, I'd look for another side. I mean, it's the the other thing is, you know, when you have a blow off. And then the needle comes off the end and you squirt oil all the way up the wall. Ooh, I don't think I've ever... You mean the needle you, comes you, off the syringe? You've never had a needle blow off a syringe? No, I never had that happen. Uh, I've, I've, it's not common, but I have had it happen. So basically, you're injecting, you're pushing, and you've either not put the needle on properly or there's just too much back pressure because it's a lot of oil or you're going in scar or whatever. And anyway, it comes off and you end up squirting oil up the fucking wall oh god i've never done that so you might only be putting in a mill but i'm telling you that when that oil leaves that syringe because it's blown off in in the air it magically converts to 10 yeah because that yeah. fucking splatter pattern on that wall is definitely not one mill it fucking multiplies before it hits the wall the worst i've had is doing like a quad <laughs> shot and then you pull it out and then you hit a vein that literally spurts with your heartbeat boom Boom. Have you ever had that happen? No, I do not. Never. No, actually, I haven't. I've had bleeders, but very low, low pressure things. I've never, I've, I've never hit a fucking. That's not a vein. That's an artery, mate. What you can do is this: if you're getting pulsation blood, I've like got, that I've gotten artery, that once before. That's an artery. That's I've seen that happen. That's an artery. That's an outgoing line. Well, I've seen that happen that, before, and I've heard people so, talk about it. Veins return blood to the heart. Arteries take blood from the heart. Yeah. If you've got pressure pump, so you've literally got spurting in line with your heartbeat, that's an outgoing line. That's an artery. I've seen that happen. I've seen that happen to myself once, and I've heard people talk about it more than once. Ooh, that's nasty. No, I've never done that, mate. Never. I, I've I've knit stuff and clipped stuff, you know, because you get it in your vein, and then you can't fucking breathe for two minutes. Yeah. Oh, I've got trend cough. No, you haven't. You've got benzoyl alcohol in your lungs so here's what i've heard about this and i and i've seen doctors or you know i've I've seen this done before if you put your hand on the site and then you pull the skin you pull the skin a little bit to the side and then you stick the needle in when you take it out the skin goes back and it it kind of misaligns does that make sense Mm -hmm. and it, it it stops the spurting from happening so there is that 
yeah, you if you if you if you imagine that when you you this is magnified, but if you imagine when you inject, you leave a tube in tissue. Yeah, yeah. And though some of that tube closes back up when you remove the needle, there's still the possibility of a clean line of sight. If you pull over, mm-hmm. when you come up, you break the line. So you'll have a bit here and a bit here and a bit here and a bit here, which stops. So, yeah, that is definitely possible. So I've seen that. Also, of course, you know, just have an alcohol swipe ready. Put pressure on immediately after. You still might lose some. I don't think you're going to have to really worry about it, though. If so, you might want to add a half cc to every one of your sh- No, don't do that. What else have we got here, Dave? Uh, Put it in your eyeball. Oh, okay. Thanks so much for the educational content. Love your channel. Dave is unreal, too, with his knowledge. You're unreal, yeah, Dave. Okay. I've never heard anybody so fucking dumb in all my life. That's it. <laughs> okay. Question. Uh, what do you guys think of MK677 stacked with Lantis on training days? Also, your thoughts on the synergy between DECA and EQ, or are they more similar in terms of binding with the same receptors? Right, two things. First thing is, there is only one fucking receptor. Z, Z-track all, method. That's all, what that's called when you pull the skin over. Thank you, Laser. Very professional. All injectables bind with the AR. It is the same fucking receptor. It upregulates when used, despite what a few people might tell you. In fact, there was a study recently done uh, confirming the upregulation of AR with, with increasing levels of anabolic use. Um, basically, the more you take, the more your AR regulation upregulates. Um, so um, you don't have different receptors for different compounds, mate. They all occupy the same one. And effectively, what happens is the androgen connects to the AR. The AR travels into the nucleus of the cell. It then deposits its signal. And then as it comes back out, the androgen releases from the AR and goes back back into the bloodstream to fuck off and do it again somewhere else and the AR divides into two so you now have two ARs in that cell um, that's the basic process and and so your androgens will continue to dump signal into ARs until they die off their predetermined half-life um, so there is only one receptor. So there is no competition in that sense as certain compounds hit certain receptors. You cannot saturate receptors. You cannot desensitize receptors because they also die off regularly and are replaced continuously. But you can get a buildup of toxins and stresses downstream from the receptor that can start to limit progress and growth. Yeah. Get that one out of the way. Uh, MK with Lantis, I would be a little bit dubious of. MK is notoriously bad for creating insulin resistance. Absolutely. that's. An, I always think of that first when we think of MK nowadays. It, it's useful. I, I've used it with clients to great success, uh, particularly if you know that insulin sensitivity is in a good place or you're offsetting that with things like berberine, GDA, stuff like that. But uh, I, I'm not a fan of Lantus. Uh, I'm not a fan of slow-acting insulin. You've got an elevated long-term insulin rise, even though it may only be slow, that's going to have some impact on insulin sensitivity because your base level's just been jacked. Boom. And it stays up there. I much prefer fast acting, though it's more of a ball ache because you're going to get a pulsation of insulin. There's going to be an insulin response to that. And then it's, everything's going to calm back down again rather than this long-term desensitization signal from Lantus. 
Now, if you're dealing with uh, insulin resistance, which like we're both saying, the MK we've seen has been notorious for this and quickly, then wouldn't Lantus just like, I'm not going to use the word fix. I'll say Band-Aid that. You know what I mean? Yeah, but to me, what you're going to get then is you're you're, going to compound the insulin resistance, though you're not going to see a problem with it. You're not going to see a problem with it while you're on the MK because you've jacked your insulin levels higher. Yeah. So that's going to compensate for the impact of M- M- MK677. But what you're going to see is post-use, this shitty insulin fucking level resistance that you're now going to have to try and deal with. I would see so, that causing more of an issue for sure than actually than not using it po- at all. Just yeah, don't, don't it's mess more a post, post-usage problem rather than a, an in-usage problem. Yeah. The use of Lantus with MK would offset the MK resistance at that point but you're going to end up with a bigger mess at the end of it. If you find that MK is beneficial for your appetite and that's what you want to get out of it, then I could see using it for periods of time. I also found that upon initial use, I definitely personally noticed um, improved sleep quality. And I know Mm -hmm. that people have talked about that. So maybe that as well. If your primary goal is to raise growth hormone and grow muscle, I would much prefer just using growth hormone. And growth hormone is so cheap and readily available nowadays. Uh, It's not like 15, 20 years ago, you know, where it was harder to get and there were a lot of fakes. There's a lot of variety and quality, but there's good stuff out there a lot easier to get now. I I would um, definitely go growth. Uh, MK to me, I use for appetite. I use for sleep quality. Uh, I would use to offset the impact of orals at the back end of a cycle. Yeah. Um, Never use it for growth hormone purposes. Yeah. Hey, you want to see something crazy? Check this out. This is... uh we, we did like a review of Dorian Yates on uh, his 96 look at, at the German Grand Prix. Uh, look how freaking nasty he looked here. This is a screen cap from it that I was using just going through my stuff here. Look how nasty he looked there, man. Yeah. It looks very balanced there as well. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing that jumps out as being particularly, you know, he looks big from the front, but from the back because he's so balanced. He doesn't look overpowering size-wise. Yeah. Yeah, just random thing came up in my screen caps here. All right. Oh. Do, do you remember the FIBO at Germany about the same time when, uh, oh, God, what's his name? Dorian came out and then Thingy Bob came out. Who? Black guy. Massive. Didn't compete. Greatest pro card in Jamaica. Oh, Yeah. What's his name? You know, you know I mean, him. You know him. Yeah. I can't have a fucking mental block now. I can't remember his name. He wouldn't come on the podcast unless people gave him money. That guy. Yes, he would. Yes. That's right. It. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. We don't even need to mention his name then. <laughs> unless he wants to give us money to mention his name. Andrew Nolan. Oh, yeah. So last episode, we were asked uh, the difference between drugs and supplements. And Andrew Nolan, once again, check out his YouTube channel, chimed in and said, uh, supplements follow regulations by DASHA, D-S-H-E-A, RTDs uh, will be FDA regulated for food and beverage industry. Drugs typically have a receptor that will give an immediate physiological result. However, caffeine is a drug, but regulated by DASHA when in a supplement formula. 
and there have been supplements in the past that were regulated by the FDA, like NAC, but no longer. Hmm. Now, the, better, the more you know. Hmm? And I'm sure it's all different over there, you know? <coughs> all right. What else we got here from Kevin? He says, um, I have a legit question when I'm done cycling off my Anadrol, oh, we got so many good Anadrol comments last episode. Uh, what is another great compound on top of a test base that will give amazing results? It depends what results you're looking for. He wants to get you. He wants to get Anadrol-like results. I don't think there's anything comparable to Anadrol, personally. You ever use? Uh, remember that drug, Baldasterone? Very anadrol like. Wasn't that a blend? It was a like a a drug that kind of slipped through the cracks and wasn't used. It's kind of a rare yeah. one. It's very anadrol like. Um, I mentioned having uh, a sponsorship at one point. Said sponsorship had all sorts of weird and random things like MHN test one sip test. Uh, what else? I'm thinking mint before mint was around. Like I was taking mint in 2007 or so. With them. If, if you if you want the strength kick from Anadrol, actually mint would be a good shout. If you want yeah. the full if you want the fullness from Anadrol, then Superdrol would be a good shout. Baldasterone. Let's see. Um, da, 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 da. it is considered an anabolic steroid. Um, close structure, similarly to testosterone, and like methyl testosterone, has a methyl group. Uh, medication has a low to moderate ratio of anabolic to androgenic activity, uh, similar to fluxymesterone, so similar to halotestin. Uh, whatever, yeah. I, I, I don't think you're gonna find it even, let alone, you know. I think what you've got to understand about anabolics is anabolics have set traits. They're designed to elicit set responses. That's what they were developed for. When they develop, they're developed to create a certain scenario within the body. Yeah. So the best advice I can give people is learn what these are and then pick the tool for the job you're trying to achieve. And sometimes there'll be various tools you can look at. Yeah. Um, Master on DHT. Um, not the most sophisticated DHT, decent compound, going to lower estrogen, um, good eye-hand coordination benefits, not a bad strength drug, not a primary strength drug, but not bad. Um, if you want something a little bit subtler, a little bit more sophisticated, a little bit gentler on the head, then you'd look at Primo, much more sophisticated DHT. So it's like Mastron 0.20. You know, it, it's a further development of a synthetic DHT. Um, much more gentler on, on health impact. So you, when you look at picking anabolics, you look at what you want to achieve, and then you look at the restrictions that the effects of those anabolics give you. So for argument's sake, I'm very estrogen sensitive. I'm not. I'm just saying if you were. So you might think, okay, well, I'm going to run a test base because I need that DHD, but I'm going to keep it quite low. And then you're like, well, I've got really poor anxiety issues and I've got a history of depression. Well, then maybe DEC is not going to be a good choice for you and trend definitely out the window. Uh, so you may look at MAST as your secondary compound. Uh, 
but it's not an ideal old bulking drug. Um, if you're going to go all out bulk, then you're going to be test Decker without a doubt. It's going to be them two or EQ. But there's the ballpark of where you're looking. You're looking more at your compounds. Um, if you're pre-comp, you're going to be going more towards DHC and lower aromatizing drugs. So learn how the drugs work, learn what they do, and then fit those into your parameters, goal, health, and personal sensitivities. Okay. With that said, we have a really fun question from Neven. He says, great episode. Question for next week. What's the best steroid and or supplement to increase semen volume? My wife's birthday is coming up, and I want to give her something special. <laughs> Love the show. Keep up the good work. <laughs> right. Now, um... Is it? I always get mixed up. Is it Halo that increases penis size? Ooh, I, I don't know. But uh, you would think something that you know with that many, like that strong of an androgen, you might. No, you know, I'm sure. I'm sure it is. Uh, it's. It, I think it, you'd have to be I'm still like growing though. No, there's, there's, there is some, there is genuine research on, on. I'm sure it's Halo that increases penis size, and I'm sure there is one that does increase semen volume, but I can't remember which one it is. Yeah, well, I'm as sure there Vincent is. Ford says, uh, HCG for semen volume. There's that, and there's uh, I'd, uh, Clomid. No, no, I'd, go, I'd go HMG, not HCG. HCG though, it will, it'll boost it up. But Clomid would be like if you, if you're a professional porn star. You better like start taking Clomid just every day. Just buy stock in it. Oh, also, uh, Walter mentioned Vic Richards. Yes. That's that's who it was, yeah. That's who it was, absolutely. I love Vic's, Vic's physique. And not, not so much just the size, but also just the shape. I love the shape. Um, oh, and yep, look at that HMG. What about this one? Walter says, LOL, at the semen question, I've heard porn stars use Clomid. Mm. I'm with Walter on this one. All the porn stars I know use Clomid. All right. Hey, guys, enjoying the show. I wish uh, if you. Oh, yeah. So here's this is why I mentioned this earlier. He said, like, he posted a question last week, and if I could go back and find that, here's the deal, guys. Like, those things get buried. It's really hard for me to find questions that I've already seen. So if we don't get to your question, please comment again. Uh, like I said, we record this show one day after the previous episode came out. He says, uh, I wish you could check the last question from the last show about AAS effect neurotransmitters in brain chemistry and ways to fix that manipulating dopamine serotonin and gaba so we can gather right. up what he's talking about here. I, i'm gonna i'm gonna yeah well i'm gonna i'm gonna be quite harsh here and i don't mean any offense by it but if you're having problems with brain chemistry from anabolics don't fucking use anabolics it's that simple do not start fucking about with dopamine and serotonin and GABA and trying to manipulate your brain chemistry in that way. It is complex. It is fucking finitely complex. And the overlap and interreactions between ASS and neurotransmitters is mental. We aren't even scratching the surface on this shit. You want to start looking at the impacts of ASS and brain chemistry, start looking at the research coming out of Oslo University. 
Um, they've done quite a lot on this, uh, and it's infantile where they are with their understanding of this. But I would never recommend anybody starts fucking around with brain chemistry, trying to offset. If you find you're sensitive to certain anabolics, basically they scramble your head, then I would suggest you just don't use anabolics. Uh, and I know it's not what you want to hear. I know it's a harsh reality. But, mate, you've got to live with that thing in your noggin for the rest of your life. You fuck that thing up. Every day is going to be hard work. Mm. You know, I, I deal with people on a daily basis that have severe mental health conditions because of their anabolic use and, and fucking about with, with, with things of that nature. If you're sensitive to the neurotransmitting effects coming from the downregulation of dopamine from nandrolones, the upregulation of, of, you know, um, brains, neurons from anabolics in the first place, that then you you're always gonna have issues and you start trying to offset them that's real tricky that's way above my prey grade way above my prey grade and i would not in any way be comfortable discussing i i, I doubt even scott stevenson would be comfortable discussing fucking about with brain brain chemistry when it comes to trying to offset anabolic issues um, i know i know somebody who does know a lot about that his name is dr mike Militek. He's here mm-hmm. in Michigan, uh, and uh, he is a colleague of Victoria's, and they're learning from each other. Uh, the dude is a genius, really. Mm. Um, I'm going to get a, to hear him talk at Swiss in October. Um, he, uh, But he's a psychiatrist, and he does TRT, and he works with mental health with like athletes and stuff. The dude is literally a brilliant and and they do testing on neurotransmitters so i wonder when he does say like he wants to adjust these things has he done the testing to see what he's adjusting or is he just guessing you know what i mean because there are tests that you can do but that stuff is not cheap and it's not something that you you know your average bro can just read either well i mean this is the thing you know that's that's real high grade you know neurochemistry is not a simple subject. It's incredibly complex. Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't dare to start having a guess of what to do with that shit. Uh, and, 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 you know, harsh as it is, some people just can't, aren't, try and pick the right words here. Some people just do not have the genetic mental makeup to cope with the impacts of anabolics. But you know what? Let's look at it this way, too, though. When he says neurotransmitters, that's a very broad thing because getting insomnia from Tren is a result of not being able to downregulate dopamine, potentially. You know, mm-hmm. so that's a neurotransmitter or, or, issue, you know, and it's or, not like or, he's. Yeah, or neurons, neuron activity because of a, of a, a reduction in GABA production. So, so that, that, that's the other thing. See, a lot of the anxiety from anabolics comes from over-exaggerated neuron production and a down-regulation of GABA. So, yeah, you can supplement with GABA, but you, 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 you're really getting into stuff now that, that's... You're the guinea pig here. We, we have no idea where this is going. Yeah. And, and the thing is, as well, is we're also in an age now... And, again, I want to tread carefully here because... There are a lot of people that genuinely have mental health issues. I've got three people I'm working with at the moment that are suicides. Mm. Um, Wait, they're and, suicidal? 
they've they've all attempted to kill themselves. Yes. Oh, okay. Um, and they have genuine mental health problems, uh, and yet there are a lot of people that will jump on the mental health bandwagon because it's trending. They get attention for it. Or they use it as an excuse for not looking after yourself. Now, poor mental health, these days you're told we have to accept poor mental health. No, you don't. And you shouldn't. You should still be working to improve that. You can you can be understanding that someone has mental health issues. Um, but you can't sit there and go, well, that's okay to be broken mental health. No, it's not okay. Sure. It's not acceptable. It's awful if you genuinely suffer from it, but you need to work towards fixing it. And though you can take this supplement, that supplement, this drug, none of them are going to fix the problem. They're just going to band-aid the problem. The fixing comes from really reprogramming your mental process of how you approach and think about things. Uh, And that's difficult to do, and it takes time. So it's okay taking X, Y, Z to help with mental health issues as a way to relieve symptoms. But in the same time, you need to work on dealing with the issue. And that might be behavioral therapies. It might be re-looking at how you live your life, you know, phone stimulus, social media stimulus, whatever it is that is adding to your mental health issues. It's not just a chemical solution. It has to be a holistic approach. It has to be a behavioral approach. It has to be a learned thinking approach in order to combat the issues. Too many people, one, use mental health as a scapegoat for just acting like a dick, uh, and, and two, don't put any effort into actually dealing with the problems. Agreed. I, I'll throw in this. I thought this was interesting uh, as you guys can Fuck, see, we Dave got heavy hard today. <laughs> Dave is very focused on this, and, and something I noticed is that in the UK, there were a ton of companies and people that were focused on mental health in fitness. Like it's not like that here. We don't have that whole. That's like almost a business model at this point. You know what I mean? Like mm. we we it's, that, we don't have that in the US. That's like a UK thing. Just throw that out there to you. Yeah, I mean, I think that the approaches are slightly different. Um, UK tends to have an attitude that the US are very... No, I don't know. I suppose almost mentally weak. Um, and that sounds really insulting. And I'm not trying to insult American viewers, but in that there's a therapist for every fucking problem. Okay. You know, whereas therapists have never been readily available in the UK. Mm. It's not something we get access to. And if you genuinely have the um, mental health problems and you're reliant on the NHS, you can literally be waiting years to speak to a therapist. Oh, God. Yeah, okay, that's very different. So I could see why there would be a need. Um, So mental health support in the UK, though it's got a great deal of awareness, the reality of its effectiveness is still not brilliant. But at the same time, we also have a, a a culture now where it's almost trendy to have mental health problems. Hmm. And the truth is, I don't care who you are, you have shitty days. You get points in life where you struggle. I, I struggled recently with the move, both physically and mentally. 
because uh, it threw me completely out of my rhythm and out of my routine, and I don't like that. And I get very stressed when I'm behind in my workload. Sure. Um, I started to day off, it, not in the best of places, because I slept in, so I was two hours behind. So all of a sudden, I'm having a strop with myself because I just see this mountain of work to get through that I don't think I'm going to make. Uh, and a lot of people will, will claim that as mental health problems. To me, that's just life, and you have to just learn to cope with it and get your head down and get on with it which I was informed by my wife to take my own advice this morning, and eventually I did. <laughs> well, good. Listen, uh, we got to keep going, Dave, because we, we have okay. a bunch more stuff. Let's let's rapid fire this last handful. Uh, Barry Kitchen, which he's a member of the Patreon. Thank you very much, Barry. Uh, also, he's a vet, so thank you for your service to our country. Uh, he asked, uh, um, where do I get a True Nutrition shirt? I like the old Metallica Megadeth kind of thing. Unfortunately, they don't have those anymore, but I should get on Dante because I've had so many people say that they like those. They should make them again. Uh, Vanilla Gorilla, can you stay on Berberine year-round or should you cycle it on and off? Also, I heard of guys mention at one time that vitamin B6 can help with prolactin on DECA, but how much would be recommended dosage if you're on 400 test C and 300 milligrams of DECA per week? Uh, any other things you would include in that cycle and why? Thanks, guys. Great show. I don't, st- right, I don't see any reason to come off berberine. I, I believe you can stay in it all round. You may have more insight in that, but my understanding is there's no issue with that. Uh, you don't want B6, you want P5P. It is a form of B6, but it's a very specific form of B6, and you're looking at a dose of 500 milligrams a day, though ideally you want to start it a couple of weeks before you start your cycle. Good. That was very good. That was succinct, Dave. I like that. All right. We got a couple more here. Um, he's got just wondering if Superdraw is basically oral masteron. Is there any point in stacking them, especially if the mast was on a higher dose, like 700 per week? Very different. So chemically, yes, it is. It is effectively oral masteron. However, when you methylate a compound, you completely transform the way it works. The other thing is orals don't generally engage with the AR. They engage with non-genomic and genomic receptors. So you're opening up a secondary pathway to stimulate growth. Very different. And the effect of those two drugs is like night and day, you know? Yeah, even though chemically they are very, very similar. All right. Laser, he says, uh, PEG MGF. What impact does this have on glucose levels? I've heard it lowers it. What impact does that have long-term, and could it be used in an off-season context with growing muscle and losing a little fat while maintaining current weight for strongman? I think its impact's going to be quite minimal. I'm not a big fan of, of growth factors like MGF, etc. Um, I find that they tend to be overhyped, and if everything is on point, then I think you'll see something from it. But I, I think in general it gets lost in a myriad of other effects from what we're doing as a com- complex, you know, pattern of drug use. Um, so I would say personally. In my opinion, it's not worth the finances or the effort. I've seen people who've been very educated people use it that were at a high level and that they said they got nothing from it. I've never met anyone of any caliber, uh, like quality, that has said that they ever got anything from it. Um, and, and just to be, and, and I'll keep it short, but I know a little bit about 
Laser's mindset toward uh, performance enhancement. And my suggestion to him would be to keep it very basic, to look at the things that have always worked for everyone and focus on those things. Those are the tools that we, that, that we need. Don't worry about the latest, greatest things that you're hearing about on YouTube. Just worry about the basics, pound those things. And I think that those would take you a lot further than trying to get MGF to work. That would be my thought. We worked together for a short time. Good dude. Good dude. A uh, couple more. He says, question, if you have a client getting ready to do a six to seven month off season, and let's say he is going to use a gram of gear, would you taper up his cycle or just start at a gram and keep it there? Depends on his experience. Um, in, in, in the whole world thing, a gram's not a massive dose if it's test only. Um, if he's sensitive to things like test flu, you might want to taper it over two or three weeks. Um, I don't really see much benefit for taper up, taper down, unless you have definitely not tapering down anyway, because your half life gives you a natural taper anyway. Um, but tapering up if you're sensitive to things like test flu uh, and such like that, yes. Otherwise, I, I'd just go for it. But I, I wouldn't if I mean what he hasn't said is how long he's planning the cycle to be. Yes, he's got a six or seven month off season. Is he planning to run that for that whole six or seven month, or is it just going to be a portion of that? I wouldn't think that a six to seven month continual cycle of the same thing is going to be nearly as beneficial as having some getting it more dynamic do you know what i mean well there is the old argument about the uh upregulation of clearance when you reach blood plasma mm, so okay. one of the so there are certain people that have been touting the uh, 67 weeks you get ar down regulation we've already covered this today you don't it upregulate however one of the impacts that causes a down regulation of progress at about the six seven week cycle point is the fact that your drug clearance increases so effectively your half-life decreases and therefore your circulating drug levels lower and if you look at somebody who just started a cycle, look at their testosterone levels, and then look at them on the same dose at week six, seven, eight, you'll actually see that circulating test levels are lower. And that's because the body started to clear that drug out faster. Yeah. It's what they term as a terminal half-life. Um, so there is some prudence to changing dose frequencies or injection patterns within a cycle to stop that upregulation of clearance occurring. Because if your your uh, plasma levels are disrupted, then it doesn't stabilize and therefore you don't get an upregulation of clearance. Yeah. Okay, one last one from our good friend Alfonso, the lawyer. He says, great show, guys. Do you believe that vitamin supplementation of D, zinc, uh, niacin, selenium, and magnesium are necessary if you are on a TRT or cycle? Is it like uh, bringing sand to the beach? Uh, no, there are other benefits from some of those hormones. So, for example, zinc is good in skin elasticity, but it's also good in protein absorption. So it supports good protein uh, utilization. So I would have zinc in any way. Uh, Pre-bed zinc can improve sleep as well. I think that D for most people is an essential because in general, most of us spend our time indoors. We work in an office. We, we spend time at home indoors. So unless you're in a particularly sunny climate and you're spending a lot of time outside and your, your, his, your ah, race plays into this. So if you are genetically from 
and you know, if you are you are black or you are Asian, you have genetics that predispose you to being very um, low vitamin D producers from sunlight because you spend a lot of time in sunlight naturally, historically, ethically. So you need high vitamin D. I see it with the Asian community in the UK all the time. They always have to supplement with vitamin D because vitamin D is always low because, yeah. his, you know, genetically they come from a climate that's great, much, much greater sun exposure. Further, they don't get that in this country. Further, uh, vitamin D is depleted on testosterone. <coughs> mm -hmm. I found that out for myself after doing a prep that lasted February through November. And after that, I felt very fatigued and I was concerned that my, my thyroid was messed up. Like, oh man, I, you know, and I did take a little T3. I was like, oh man, I did something wrong. I screwed up my thyroid. I was literally, and it was while we were recording these podcasts, I was literally like nodding out, just sitting there. I'd be at work, just sitting there nodding out. And I thought, yeah, my thyroid screwed up or something. Uh, got my blood work done. Everything with my thyroid looked solid. Couldn't figure it out. Couldn't figure it out. Finally, like eight months later, I started supplementing vitamin D. Instantly that day it stopped that day it stopped and then it just got better from there Scott Stevenson found he had the same issue So if you're on TRT long term, you're going to deplete your vitamin D if you're on cycle You're definitely going to deplete, deplete your vitamin D uh, We need that for energy production like it's 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 basically considered like a steroidal compound we need vitamin D um, and I would agree. Everybody should really be supplementing with it. And if you're on TRT, there's no question. Niacin will also help with cholesterol uh, misalignment from TRT as well. So that's handy to keep in there as well. So there's definitely other benefits from these supplements that aren't all related to hormone production. Cool. Question. Um, pillars of strength. I know you're a couple weeks in. Are you taking uh, like like um, applicants for the next round yet, or how does that work? Yeah, I mean, I I have two slots available on the current one. It would mean they'd have to catch up on video for the for the first lessons. But yeah, by all means, this one or the next course, uh, I'm taking applicants for. Um, I don't put a course until I've got enough people to do it anyway. So oh, if okay. people are interested, if they get in touch, there, there's I've tried doing courses with low numbers, and, and it just doesn't work it, it really doesn't work which just reminded me i need to write something down cool. um well that that being said then guys if you're interested reach out to dave you can get a hold of him over on social media or you could go to crosslands.org.uk you can reach out to him there you can also reach out to him for coaching you can reach out to me for coaching that's basically if i'm not sitting here talking to people like dave i'm talking to you one-on-one -on -one as a coach. So reach out to me, McNallyDiets at gmail.com. I'd be happy to share information about my programming uh, and go to our sponsors. We have our new sponsor. If you're in the UK, check out Strom Sports Nutrition. They have a lot of really great products over there. I want to try their Support Max Joint product, Dave. Uh, I hear that's that good. that's a really good one, uh, but they have all sorts oh. of great... All the support max range is quite good. Neuro is very good. Uh, the original support max, the cycle support is very good. They're all decent quality of the support max range. Would support max neuro then, is that beneficial for neurotransmitters? It's cortisol management particularly. Okay. Um, so it, it, it basically deals with anxiety. Okay. Oh. But again, they, it's, it's a symptom management so you have time to deal with the root cause of the problem. Absolutely. Uh, check them out, though. Like I said, tell them, tell them that we said hi. Give Rich Foster a kiss and a hug for us. He'll be happy to, to hear that. And uh, 
of course, check out truenutrition.com. Use our code THINK. You can get, uh, I use their uh, um, highly branched cyclic dextrin and their EAA when I train. I use their Team Skip protein. I buy all that stuff myself. I've been using them for years. Use our code THINK. Uh, get some additional savings, support the programming. And if you're in Canada, check out supplementsource.ca. All sorts of blowout deals there. Like I said, I saw a pre-workout there for 15 bucks. You literally, especially in this market, you can't beat that. So if you're strapped for cash or if you just want to support the shows, know that those companies support us. And of course, you can go to Patreon. I'm going to do a... Um, a live stream with just the Patreon people. I'll probably get Victoria to hang out with me for a few to do that. So I'm looking forward to hanging out with everybody over there. Check out Patreon. I'm putting out um, various little clips and extras for you guys. So make sure you, you check in over there from time to time. Dave Crossland, Christmas cabbage. It has been a delight. Right. Got to bounce. Got clients and I need to pee. Of course. You always need to pee. I know. I've got knackered kidneys.